0: All right, joining us right now, along with Craig Heist, I'm Stan the Fan, and we are in the live casino hotel studio, and we're joined by my good friend, Andy uh, Dolich, sports business consultant in uh, an extraordinary career in sports business and marketing. How are you, Andy Dolich?
1: Stan and Craig, I'm fine. I'm just sort of envisioning the screaming match in all caps on Twitter about something <laughs> completely <laughs> innocuous. That is a way to start the day here in Northern California.
2: Well, well when you've known somebody close to 20 years... But it wasn't and, on Twitter. No, it but was it was on, on Facebook. Facebook. When oh, you've, uh, no, but, Andy, when Facebook? you've known, some, when yes, you've known somebody 20 years and you get to know what kind of an opinions opinions he has, and then you think about it and then you know how much out of his mind he is most of the time, <laughs> you have a tendency to get into large caps on Facebook. <laughs> I, the... I
1: may scream right now um i loved i love the uh oxymoron of the day overpaid baseball player yeah uh, when you were talking to mr justice yes. i was thinking about you guys were talking about you know should he get 300 million or you think he'll be lowballed at 225 yeah. <laughs> when you were... and <laughs> when... <laughs> i was thinking about Uh, This is the 30th anniversary of the Bay Bridge World Series. And the A's are doing an event tomorrow. The Giants have done it. Um, And the A's, you know, we'll get to them playing completely out of their head right now. They're playing? But Walter Haas Haas bought the Oakland A's from Charlie Finley in late 1980 for $11.2 million. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Orioles sold... A uh, year earlier, in 79, from the Huffburgers to Edward Bennett Williams, Williams bought the team for $12 million, but with $2 million in the bank. So it was really $10 million. It's interesting how close in you know, size the two markets are, Baltimore and Oakland.
1: And think about how many players today are making 10 or $12 million, and baseball fans don't even know their names.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, it's true. How, how much were guys when when you were there uh, with the A's? What Bill North was there, Tony Armas, uh, uh, Carney Lansford may have been there. What what were those guys making back then?
1: I just remember this. I, I came after Billy North, but right. um, our outfield, uh, Dwayne Murphy. That's right, Dwayne Murphy, the Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson, that's and right. Tony Armas. Right. And in 1981, I could be wrong by a bit here, but their total salaries—total salaries for that outfield—was a million. Was dollars. less than two hundred and fifty thousand. Wow!
2: Say, I'll say this like Ricky. Ricky was making a lot of money then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs> well, that was Ricky had his own language. Still <laughs> has had his own language. Um, probably could still hit two twenty-five today. Yeah. Uh, if if he played, he has one of those bodies by God. Yeah. Um, but you know, the money is just a major factor in all sports today. I wrote a piece a few weeks ago and the top 10 contracts in the NBA long-term $1.9 billion wow. for, 10 wow. Wow. for 10 players,
0: 10 players. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, could you have ever, back in those days, uh, in the uh, 81, 82, in that era, could you have ever foreseen that we would get to the point we're at salary-wise?
1: No. I mean, but it's been 40 I, years. Well, you know. No, clearly no. But if you look at the way the world has changed and the amount of wealth that's spread everywhere um, – You know, to that question, could I have imagined or anybody imagined that, um, the co-founder of Alibaba paid $3.5 billion for the Brooklyn Nets and their arena and (laughs) the asterisk, and he bought the team from a Russian oligarch. Yeah, yeah. You know, no matter how LSD-induced your (laughs) column might be, there's no way a few years ago that you would have written that headline.
0: We're talking to Andy Dolich, longtime sports business, uh, uh, actually an executive in all four major sports and a longtime business consultant now, uh, sports business consultant, and he writes and, and opines all the time about it. Andy, Uh, How close from 3,000 miles away have you watched all the machinations in the Masson dispute between the Orioles and the Nationals?
1: I really haven't, but having been involved in broadcast contracts and the way the world is changing in digital distribution, The amount of money, again, I mean, the color of the fluid that flows through sports and entertainment is as green as one can get. And, uh, you know, you look at the Dodgers situation where you're getting a lot of money, but nobody can see your games. But I don't know the details, but I'm pretty sure it's the same circumstance of power, distribution, money and frustration of fans.
0: Yeah, you know, I've never been a great fan of Peter Angelos's, and Peter is, uh, you know, no longer uh, clearly in charge of the Baltimore Orioles. His sons have taken over, and John Angelos is, is doing most of the baseball operations stuff, and his brother Lewis runs the law firm. But, uh, you know, Major League Baseball came into Peter's territory they ended up doing that. They came into the territory without negotiating the deal first, which seems like a major faux pas on the part of uh, then-Commissioner Bud Selig. But the, the, the nature of that agreement and the dollars involved in that, they were supposed to be Peter's win for allowing a team into his territory.
1: Right, and you see that in, in other shared territories, but you get to the circumstance, especially in a league yeah. scenario where a rising tide lifts all ships. And yeah. if you look at the overall numbers that Major League Baseball has gotten to in terms of all broadcast revenue, it's significant. Um, What Adam Silver and David Stern had done in the NBA and the number that I just keep getting stuck at and I believe it's correct is that the long term broadcast contracts for the NFL with a lot of the problems that they have through 2022 is 58 billion dollars. Yeah. So so that that pretty much does away with any problem you might have. Yeah, yeah.
0: So money is, I mean, they just have to throw money at the problem, but they haven't solved uh, what seems like the fairness issue in this thing. I understand that nobody could have foreseen what local TV rights would go to, but at the end of the day, the profits of Masson that were supposed to be the win for Peter— those profits dwindle to next to nothing if you pay rights fees to both teams with the contract which is what the contract calls upon. In other words, whatever the nationals rights fee is, the Orioles have to pay be paid equally and vice versa.
1: Right. And and they were there. I mean we can go back historically when it was just the Orioles yep. and not Washington. Uh, The disputes in in my marketplace between the A's and the Giants and territoriality, which gave the Giants, you know, a tremendous advantage in broadcast. Um, And you look at, you know, the dwindling attendance to a certain extent in Major League Baseball. Baseball is a story that's told over a long period of time, right? And it keeps you and Craig employed and many other people because it changes every day. And if you don't have the proper vehicles of telling that story, newspapers, okay, they don't exist anymore. Um, (laughs) Talk shows, thank God they do. Digital distribution, streaming, cable TV. I mean, the Oakland A's are on a radio station in this marketplace that nobody even knows about. Um, It's an ultra conservative right right wing radio Mm. station and you think about a baseball audience, probably not. Right. Um, and and so you know their attendance, even though they're playing incredibly well, has suffered.
2: Well, that was that was a stadium that never. And I mean, I've covered series out there, and even even back to the time when I was doing that, and that goes back 20 years. Uh, the games weren't very well attended at the Coliseum. They
0: were pretty well attended
2: in the well, years that, I that would Andy admit, was there. I would beg
1: to differ only yeah. from uh, the fact that from 1981 to 95, which was really the Haas family ownership and the great teams that we had, especially in the three consecutive World Series of 88, 89, and 90, and I think we won seven division championships, and the Bash Brothers, and Ricky, and Carney, and... Uh, and Stu and Eck, we averaged about $2.4 million, mm-hmm. uh, for many of those years and got to $3 million very close one year. Um, and the A's are doing half of that right now. And a large part is it is the oldest stadium, non-retrofitted in Major League Baseball. It will be the last shared by a football team and a baseball team as the Raiders go to Las Vegas. But um, that market is strong. Um, I'm going to the game tomorrow. They play the Giants. They you, just swept the Yankees. They are won you going three with out of four?
0: Are you going with three Pat?
1: Out of four from Houston?
0: Are you going with Pat Gallagher and David Rubenstein, or just one of the two?
1: No, I'm going with neither of the two. Okay. I'm going with an attorney uh, who believes that I should be consulting for the A's mm. in there. In their news stadium, this is a delusional attorney, so right. he's invited me to the <laughs> game. And since they're celebrating the 1989 Amen. World Series team, I didn't get an invitation, incidentally. yeah, uh, I'm going to be there to celebrate.
0: Hey, tell me about these new series. Uh, I've seen it about five times this year where there's no Friday games. Not I'm not just talking about Oakland, but this weekend the Giants are in Oakland or is it vice versa?
1: It's in Oakland. It's they in played Oakland. in in San Francisco a week ago, and last night, to that point, when I was home, I turned on the game three times. Right, and there was no game. Right, and I went, uh, "Is Rod Serling in the house? Is right. this the Twilight Zone? It's yeah. Friday night. It's a weekend series, and there's no game."
0: There's been f- there's been about five instances of that in Major League Baseball this year. It's a real oddity in the schedule, and I can't quite figure out. I know there's two game matchups uh on the back end of some of these interleague things, but it's just odd. Very odd. July
1: fourth, why play a baseball game on July fourth? Yeah. You know, you could have too many people coming enjoying the game oh. and having fireworks. The, Oriole, do
2: that? the Orioles had July fourth off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this year.
0: The Orioles were
1: off. So you wanna I wanna hear uh the commissioner or anybody else explain that logically.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I'll I'll wait for it. Um, Your thoughts on on this particular commissioner? He's had sort of a a mixed bag tenure, hasn't he?
1: Again, uh, you look at a commissioner's job, and fans in many instances believe that the commissioner should be their advocate. Mm -hmm. And every commissioner will tell you that they are. But who employs the commissioner?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And his owners, main, yeah. his main job is to make money for the owners.
1: Exactly, and that is not easily done. You, you know, we talked about money right at the beginning. You look at the money commissioners are making. Oh God! Um, you know, it's fairly significant in in what's the good, large aspect. What's of Goodell? The game. I don't know. Goodell's don't making
0: thirty. Want... Is Goodell making thirty?
1: I think they've said with the and private aircrafts and jet fuel, it's closer to 40.
0: Okay, yep.
1: And other than hanging with Jay-Z, which I'm still trying to figure out, um, you, you don't necessarily have the commissioner as advocate for the fans because they're not paying them.
0: We're talking with Andy Dolich, uh, longtime executive in all four major sports, and he's joining us from his home album. Is there a
1: Hall of Fame for that, guys? Maybe we should look uh, at one. There's, I there's a you few should... colleagues that I have, and maybe. I know historically, but maybe you guys should uh, start a campaign for for that Uh, and we could bring Rubenstein in as you know yeah
0: well Rubenstein definitely he's worked in how many sports he's worked in two sports hockey and uh, baseball all
1: right uh yeah yeah um but you know back to back to Commissioner Manfred one of the areas that you know I've worked in and believe very strongly is the marketing of the game and you know I I think baseball has done Uh, a nice job attaching themselves to the Little League World Series and some of the campaigns that they're doing to get more and more kids playing because we know that that is uh, being lost in a lot of cities across the country. But I look, again, back here in this market, the A's have one of the best young teams in baseball, and at least here, and, and part of it is a team decision. But, you know, who knows Olsen, Chapman, Marcus Simeon, even, you know, or Loriana with the laser arm, their pitching staff, and who I think Bob Melvin is one of the more underestimated uh, managers in baseball. Totally agree. Uh, you you want to talk about that. You want to promote that. And, and you don't, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it here, and I don't see it nationally. Um, and everybody loves to talk about the $300 million deal or the player that doesn't earn it. But I want to talk about the upcoming players, the globalization of the game, and and I don't see that being done enough by Major League Baseball.
0: We've got about three minutes, Andy, before we've got to say goodbye to you. Uh, We usually have you on because there is some seminal moment in uh, Oakland's quest for a new stadium. Uh, It seems from a distance that I'm not reading any major – Speed bumps or blips about their new Howard Park uh, Stadium down at the Oakland, uh, the docks there, or the seaport in Oakland. Sure. Is it going on smoothly at this point? or? How
1: about this, uh, gentlemen? Breaking news, there is none. <laughs> Don't so you look breaking news? Like yeah. You broke that 1,600 times before right. in, a, in the political world. Right. Um, the major news here is that, you're right, it is from 3,000 miles away. It is pretty quiet. Um, the great news is the team is playing well, and that always helps when you're politicking. But the big news is that the A's have made an offer. The, the Coliseum property, where the A's currently play and which they want to move from, would leave that location with no sports teams. After three, you're gone to zero. That's never happened before, I think, in American sports history. And so the A's have made a bid to the county who owns 50% of the property for $85 million. And the city has just, in the last few weeks, said, "Uh, wait a second. We really have the right to buy that property first from the county okay. in terms of the 150 acres that it can become. Think Mission Bay, China Basin, where the Giants and the Warriors are playing. So that is a bit of a standoff right now. The A's still have a Mount Everest of complexities at Howard Terminal. And the 13 years that we're in right now without a stadium will at least continue for several more.
0: So, so my question is this: Are the A's all in on Howard Park and the port in Oakland if they don't get this property, or is it, uh, or is it a contingency basis that they'll move forward with Howard Park? if they get the rights to develop that other property.
1: Well, I love the fact that you've named it Howard Park as opposed to Howard Terminal. So Howard Terminal, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Park has gotten uh, into your way. I play. apologize. It's not, it's not <laughs> contingent um, on getting the Coliseum property. And the question, the ultimate question, gentlemen, yes. is John Fisher, who's the owner, has said through Dave Cobble, the president, that they will privately finance the stadium at Howard Terminal. Okay. That number, in many people's estimates, is well over a billion dollars. Okay. Have they come out and absolutely guaranteed that they would do that? No, they haven't. So, okay. um, it'll give me a chance to come on as this saga continues. If you choose.
0: Okay. All right. Fascinating. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy your game at the lawyer at the uh, at the Coliseum tomorrow with the lawyer.
1: And gentlemen, don't argue with each other. Well, I'll see, kind of a, I'll see what kind
2: of I'll see what kind of an issue I can come up with uh, concerning what he's thinking this week, and you know, shout on Facebook a little bit.
1: Uh, I got it. Have a great weekend,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Andy.
0: One last thing: Oakland Coliseum. Before the Raiders moved back there, was a near perfect baseball stadium. It was really a tremendous place.
1: Except for the unbelievable amount of foul territory which well, everybody in baseball right. screamed about. I, yeah, I but you
2: know what? God bless the A's, they used that to their advantage. Yeah. You know?
1: Oh uh, yes, we did, and anytime people talk about the Oakland Mausoleum, I get angry and argue in all caps. Well yeah. it was um, it
0: was a great it was
1: st- a great ballpark, you had beautiful views. Yep. And to see it sort of bastardized by Mount Davis, which yep. nobody sits in, yep. is hard to stomach.
0: It really is. All right, Andy, thanks Thanks a million. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Bye, guys.